Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. I'm going to get this out of the way from jump. This is not going to be the podcast for fair and balanced opinions on the three-man Ole Miss quarterback battle. You have been warned. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. If you haven't already subscribed, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and Fleet of on 3 If you go to omspirit.com right now, you'll get photo gallery, highlight reel, practice report, Kiffin report, all in one place. And now this audiobook podcast as I ride solo in this edition of Talk of Champions. I tried it last week, my first practice report by myself, and the response was pretty good. So I decided to give a second one a shot because on Tuesday, I finally got back out there to an Ole Miss practice, put my eyeballs on the Rebels, and boy, boy, do I have some thoughts. And don't worry, it just won't be me this entire time. You'll hear from Lane Kiffin, too, as well as Jackson Dart, their post-practice audio from Tuesday. But I got the itch on Monday. I said, man, I just want to go to football practice. I got to get over there. So I took the top off the Jeep that I irresponsibly bought on Friday from Brantley Bryant over at uh, Barnes Crossing Ford, New Albany. It was like a religious experience. Wind blowing in my hair. Sun was out. Watching some football in the middle of a work day. If I ever complain on this podcast or on the message boards ever again about my job, please, someone, if you see me in the street, slap the shit out of me. It can just be a virtual slap through like Twitter mentions if you want it to be. But if it needs to be physical, I deserve it because today was perfect. It was perfect. It was a little cold. But to be out there on the practice fields, the sunshine and Ole Miss practice, and it was great. I wanted to watch the quarterbacks because, of course, I wanted to watch the quarterbacks. Everybody wants to watch the quarterbacks, but I was terribly curious to check out Pete Golding. I spent a lot of time watching him the first year Ole Miss defense coordinator. Came over from Alabama, as you all know now. And I watched him as he put his linebackers through drills. And Chris Partridge is and was an awesome guy and coach. Just a great guy. Great dude. It just didn't work out for him as a coordinator at Ole Miss. One year, he's gone. And I say all that because I don't want want what I'm about to say to come across as a dig at Chris Partridge in any way, because it's not. I'm a big fan of Chris Partridge. But Pete Golding is just different. You can tell a difference. Hands-on coaches. Hands-on as college coaches get. A visual teacher. He's got a pretty quick fuse, similar to Rich Rod. Remember when Rich Rodriguez was Ole Miss's offensive coordinator? Yeah, I do too. That's going to be a great footnote one day, by the way. Somebody's going to come out with Ole Miss trivia. I'm already giving you some ideas. The lyric, the library. 10 years, 20 years down the line, ask who was Ole Miss's offensive coordinator in 2000, whatever it was. One year, Rich Rodriguez. He has a quick fuse like that, does Pete Golding, but it's, it's different. It comes across different, at least in my opinion. I could be completely wrong, 
But watching him, it comes across a little bit like the the cuss words and jumping ass, doing what he's got to do, coaching hard. It comes across more well-intentioned. As if the players know that he's jumping them for a reason, to get the best out of you. And they're back to work, no hard feelings. He coaches so hard, though. He's in there. He's mixing it up. And I'm standing there watching him, and I couldn't help but wonder if that is what it's like at every position group at Alabama. He's a hands-on technician. So if a player doesn't pick it up this spring, it's not for a failure of Golding to teach or communicate to that player what he's supposed to be doing. He's always engaged. Every snap, every rep, it's just no frills. Get it done football. Which makes for, I think, a really interesting dynamic with the more hands-off Lane Kiffin. And not in a negative way either. It works, or at least it's working for practices into spring and me having watched only one of them with my own two eyes. But I was impressed, man. Pete Golding's got some juice, some real juice that Ole Miss was lacking. He has a vision for what he wants to do. And Ole Miss needed a complete defensive makeover. We're not just talking about personnel either. Ole Miss was almost begging for a unique, standalone personality in which to take the cues and attack the work. The Lane Kiffin of defense for Ole Miss. Because Lane Kiffin is an offensive-minded head coach. When you think Lane Kiffin, you think offense. High power, high octane, fast, fast, fast offense. What was Ole Miss's identity on defense last year? What's Ole Miss's identity really been in any year, going back to 2016, the last time we were really all pretty proud of what Ole Miss put out there defensively? They have that identity now with Pete Golding. Pete Golding is playing the part well, as best I can tell. But of course, I kept coming back to the quarterbacks too, and surprisingly, it was not because of Jackson Dart or Spencer Sanders. Sanders was uh, limited in his throwing. He's slowly building back up, if you remember, from that shoulder injury that, quite frankly, had many in the Manning Center worried would cost him most, if not all, of spring. And I can't really speak on him because he just didn't do much today on this Tuesday. March 28, 2023, as I'm recording this by myself. He ran more than he threw, honestly. All the throws were short or intermediate. And frankly, against air or in seven-on-sevens, all quarterbacks, even the walk-ons, kind of look the same doing that. So there's nothing really to take away from Spencer Sanders and what he did today in practice for me, unless you're Walker Howard. Walker Howard impressed me more than any player today. And that's why I said at the start of this thing, this was not going to be a podcast for objectivity when it comes to Ole Miss's quarterback competition. Because objectively, and taking everything we know about it, this quarterback race I'm saying, into account, no matter how good Walker Howard is this spring, One of Jackson Dart or Spencer Sanders is going to start. But I'm telling you, Walker Howard can ball. I'd heard he had deep-field arm talent reminiscent of Matt Corral. But honestly, I think it may be stronger. And yes, I know, we have to keep reminding ourselves, Ben, reminding myself, we're only talking about one practice. And maybe he just had his best day as a Rebel to date. I don't know. I haven't been out there for the other three. I was only out there today. But for today... He's the only reps I wanted to watch over and over and over and over and over. One thing we always have to keep in mind is that Walker Howard isn't some chump. This is a four-star, former four-star prospect and top 100 recruit. He's not some little engine that could. Uh, a David attempting to take down two Goliaths here. He's got real skill and enough of a resume that he should be a real factor in this race, even allowing 
the overall program commitment Ole Miss has made to both Dart and Sanders. But he fit a ball into Brandon Buckhalter and teamwork that was next level in accuracy. Brandon Buckhalter was covered up. Actually, the Ole Miss defense, writ large, had strong coverage on this play. He had a bunch of bad options to choose from. Nobody was open. And on an absolute laser of a line, he fits a perfect ball into the chest of Brandon Buckhalter for a 30-plus yard completion on a crosser. And you could hear the wows. A lot of them coming from me. There's wow. (laughs) Oh, man. One of those throws that, oh, I see it. I get it. Why so many people think he's going to be a stud in time. But why in time? From what I saw today, he was the most dynamic quarterback out there. But that's for just today. I don't know. And I want to say that Brandon Buckhalter made a great play on that completion too. But my biggest takeaway outside of the great coverage by the defensive back, I failed to remember because I was too busy football nerding out about Walker Howard, was Howard couldn't have had better ball placement. Had he literally walked over to Buckhalter and handed it to him, could not have had better ball placement. It's one of those wow plays that you look for in practices that are historically rather tedious unfruitful, is that a word, for everybody involved. It's not just media. It's players, coaches, field staffers. They're just trying to get through it. And that completion came a few periods after another impressive completion in seven-on-sevens. Again, to Brandon Buckhalter, throws an absolute beautiful deep ball. 60-yard touchdown pitching catch. But the coverage was again tight. One of the reasons why Brandon Buckhalter has struggled to break in is because of his lack of separation. So he was covered up, but the ball was placed in only a place where he could catch it. High pointed it beautifully. He's got ball skills as Brandon Buckhalter. And he brought it down a touchdown. Marquise Brown had good coverage. Unfortunately for him, Walker Howard dropped an absolute dime and Buckhalter high pointed it beautifully for that 60-yard touchdown. It was just, it was one of those days when you're looking for somebody to jump out. And if you were, if you were out there today, which I was, finally, Walker Howard was the winner of the day, without question. I don't know what it means for QB1, if he has a real shot for QB1. I don't know. That was the first question I got on Twitter when I mentioned how good Walker Howard looked to me today. Because objectively, objectively, I would say, taking today into account, but also understanding this one practice, I still contend one of Jackson Dart or Spencer Sanders will start come games in the fall. But for today, oh boy. I'm the president of the Walker Howard fan club. And I look forward to watching Brandon Buckhalter too. Yeah, it's a pretty crowded wide receiver room after all the offseason additions. But he's got some skill. He's a former three-star recruit, has good hands, a developing route runner. The separation is an issue. But he's got some juice. I don't think he should be forgotten, especially if he's developing chemistry already with Walker Howard. Because here's something that I want to take into account when thinking about Walker Howard's, quote, candidacy as far as QB1 for this year, for this year's Ole Miss Rebels. That schedule next year is a beast. If Ole Miss loses to Alabama and loses to Georgia, which, let's be honest, if we were all forced to make that prediction today, even the most optimistic of us would say, yeah, Ole Miss is probably going to lose at Alabama and at Georgia. Say it goes wrong that Jackson Dart or Spencer Sanders is the starter, but the season you lose to LSU. Maybe you drop one you weren't supposed to. You lost to Auburn. It's not looking great. You're barreling towards six wins, seven wins, at best eight wins. Why not Walker Howard? Why not? Walker Howard is, in my opinion, one of the very most important Rebels on this roster right now. 
for what he means, not just for the short term, but the long term. And if you're wanting to see encouraging signs to hear about the traits, today was the best day to go out there. <laughs> he, was, he was putting it on. He was putting on a show. But don't just take my word for it. Here's what Lane Kiffin had to say after Ole Miss's practice on Tuesday. Lane, how have you seen Jackson handle uh, bringing in a couple new quarterbacks? I think it's been great for him. Um, I think that it's natural for us not to, you know, want competition around and um, certainly understand that. But I think it's been really good for him. Uh, I, he's looked great, um, which is strange to say for a returning starter. He's probably one of our most improved players out there. And he looks better physically, mentally, everything. So uh, we're, we've been very excited about him so far. Lane, through the first four days, I mean, just your general assessment, what you've seen and how you feel. Uh, I think that our offense would be ahead of our defense, which is to be expected with the <clears throat> returning system back. Um, you know, and we got a brand new system on defense and a lot of new players and, and lost some, some good players. So uh, I would say that would be my general assessment and um, a lot of work to do to develop depth on both sides of the ball, but also really excited um, about our guys and knowing that we will continue to improve with so many new guys. You talked about depth on certain sides of the ball, certain positions. Is there a certain position, is there a certain position group where you're kind of concerned depth-wise? Well, I don't think we have a lot of numbers at running back, excited about the ones that we do have, um, but that would be an issue I think that there's some issues in the secondary due to some injuries and pure numbers, uh, especially outside at corner. So uh, those would be the ones that stand out to me right away. Uh, I know it's just a handful of practices, but just what have you seen out of Bentley kind of in that position now that he's full go after having kind of a lot of injuries last year? Yeah, Bentley's had a great camp so far, spring, whatever you call it. And uh, I do think that his injury set him back during the season, which would anybody missing all that time, and then he didn't have many opportunities. We played the other two guys a lot. And um, prior to his injury, uh, his, you know, we talk about analytics, his analytics about first downs and touchdowns per carry were, were extremely good. And he was getting ready to have a great year. Uh, just with Spencer, how are you kind of going about that with evaluation wise, knowing he's still trying to work his way back and just kind of putting all that into the equation? Um, yeah, we've limited what Spencer's uh, been able to do um, from a medical standpoint. So, you know, we're looking at obviously the long term there and um, not pushing that too much right now. So uh, I think he's done a really good job learning a new system uh, from a mental standpoint. And so the physical stuff will come because obviously he's, he's talented. Just curious about your evaluation of Walker Howard. Yeah, I think that Walker um, has really, with Spencer missing time with, you know, our plan with him and limited reps, uh, Walker's got a lot of opportunities um, in a lot of situations, and he's done really well. And I, I love his leadership skills and his energy. And, you know, during workouts, he was calling players out, which is highly unusual for any new player, let alone really a guy that just finished his freshman year. So I think he has some unique intangibles. You know, just with Mingo and Heath kind of now out of the fray, how have you seen kind of Chris Marshall just kind of grow in this, in this system just thus far? I know it's kind of early, but just your initial thoughts of him. 
Yeah, I think outside receiver <clears throat> obviously is a, was a concern. That's why it was addressed, as you see in the portal for us. And um, we're excited about the guys like Chris, Chris that are here, but at the same time, they're younger than those last two guys, um, you know, and Mingo and Malik. So there's a lot of work to do out there. Lane, you guys are hosting Pro Day tomorrow. Uh, just your, your, your thoughts on – some of the guys participating, Tavius Robinson, Nick Broker, Zach Evans, of, of what they could do to kind of help their stock tomorrow. Yeah, it's exciting for guys. Um, we don't really – I think people think we have a lot to do with it. We don't. Um, this is their pro day, and it's for the scouts to run and um, for these guys to shine. So I know they put a lot of effort into it. I've seen a few of them around um, last week and even over the weekend in here uh, getting ready for it. So it's exciting for those guys and, and for – smaller name guys as well to get their shot. Hi, this is Kevin Kessinger, former Ole Miss baseball player, son of Ole Miss Hall of Famer Don Kessinger, and dad to Ole Miss All-American shortstop Gray Kessinger, and your local community banker with DNA Bank. DNA Bank has invested 125 years in our communities, and we know the needs of North Mississippi businesses better than anyone. As a commercial lender with DNA Bank, my priority is Oxford, and I'd love to help you and your business with any lending needs. Visit www.bnabank.com to learn more. DNA Bank, local, invested, modern banking. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Ole Miss fans, the 2023 Ole Miss football season will be here before you know it. And season ticket renewals, it's time. They're due March 31st. Renew now by logging on to your account at OleMissTix.com. That's OleMissTix.com. Or by calling the Ole Miss ticket office at 662-915-7159. And excitement is building around Ole Miss basketball. And the Ole Miss ticket office is currently accepting new season ticket orders for men's and women's basketball. Current season ticket holders can renew starting July 1st. So go to OleMissTix.com. That's OleMissTix.com. Or call 662-915-7159. The car buying process can be a lot. I know. I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Allen Samuels. Let's be friends. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com slash TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com slash TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. 
BXG, a proud sponsor of the Talking Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen light it up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tacova store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to Tacovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Ufi Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Ufi Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Back inside this practice report edition of Talk of Champions, I'm Ben Garrett writing solo today from the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com. And if you on three, if you haven't already subscribed, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do... Leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. Speaking of quarterbacks, since I've gushed about Walker Howard nonstop seemingly since this thing started, Jackson Dart, I want to say, did struggle with a few underthrows in 7-on-7, but he had the play of the day, in my opinion, with his 60-yard touchdown pitch and catch with Memphis transfer tight end Caden Priestcorn. And Priestcorn, without question, has the body type of a modern-day NFL tight end. He's impressive. But Michael Trigg impressed me, too which, if I'm being honest, was one of the most surprising takeaways for me from practice. Because though I'm a big fan of Michael Trigg as a football player, I mostly, like everyone else, including college and professional evaluators who aren't imposters playing expert online like me, I'm obsessed with his upside, what he could be, if he just get his friggin' head on straight. He's got good hands, lacks some separation, isn't as explosive at the line of scrimmage or at the catch point like I thought he'd be, but he's a big wide receiver. If there ever was a big wide receiver, it is Michael Trigg, which is the prototype now for modern-day football tight ends. That's what football teams are looking for. But what impressed me was how engaged he was as a blocker. There have always been issues with off-the-field stuff, character stuff, whatever. But as far as just football, one of the biggest knocks against him was his inconsistency as a blocker at best and non-existence as a blocker at worst. But he was mixing it up all day Tuesday at practice. 
And I thought he was carrying himself differently. I mean, this was a different-looking Michael Trigg to me, which is what you want to see in, quite frankly, a prove-it spring for Michael Trigg. I'm used to somewhat aloof. At his most regressive, completely disengaged. But he laid out Louisville transferred linebacker Monty Montgomery. And he did it while blocking on an RPO. Monty Montgomery had no idea what to do with him. No clue. Which is the point of RPOs, whether I'm supposed to engage him as a run blocker, tie him up, or cover him. And Trigg just let him have it. And he wasn't subtle at all about celebrating this block. Hey, do it, big fella. Laid him absolutely out. And to see him engaged as a blocker, that was one of the most encouraging things. And I got to give Monty Montgomery some credit here, too. He took it all in stride. They dapped, moved on. Sometimes you just get beat. Monty Montgomery is going to be huge for Ole Miss and its defense this season. He's shorter than I expected. Definitely not as listed six feet. But he's built like a brick shit house, and he's physical. He was rotating with Jeremiah Jean Baptiste, and when they'd come out, in would go Ashanti Sistrunk and Kari Coleman, two returning Ole Miss linebackers. They're thin at linebacker. That's no secret to you. I think that's an obvious position to potentially add in the May NCAA transfer portal window. I don't know who those prospects would potentially be yet. We still got a ways for that, but linebacker's obvious, even to a simpleton like me. They need some guys to step up. I'm kind of paying attention to Tyler Banks. He looks the part. Second-year linebacker. He's pretty rigid in his lateral movement, but man. He's a first-off-the-bus guy, you know? Roll him out there and you think, oh, shit, does the opposing team. We got to play that team? Here's hoping the light really comes on for him. And he's able to get some run with this unit because Ole Miss could use him. He's just got to look to him. The first-team defense, I wrote it down, hold on. 4-2-5 base, so four down linemen, two linebackers, five defensive backs. Defensive ends were Jared Ivey and Jameer Lewis, the newcomer, a transfer, a linebacker transfer from JUCO. I think it was Southwest in Memphis. Defensive tackles, J.J. Pegues, Xavier Harris. Linebackers, Kari Coleman, Ashanti Sistrunk. Cornerbacks, Amari Walton and Markevious Brown. Markevious Brown was stepping in for DeAndre Prince, who was injured and not really practicing this spring. You know what you got with DeAndre Prince. And safeties, Trey Washington, Aishim Young, and Ladarius Tennyson. Another observation, Ole Miss desperately needs another defensive tackle. They just don't have enough. I've heard the only reason Xavier Harris is still at defensive tackle is only because of need. Something I heard today was a few staffers believe Xavier Harris, the 6'7 behemoth that he is, is a future $100 million left tackle. And friends, let me tell you, once you've heard that and then you watch him practice, you can't unsee it. He's oozing potential. He'd be among the contenders if I was trying to find a breakout rebel for next season. He just looks a little out of place. He's massive and solid as all get out in the middle. Ole Miss needs one more. J.J. Pegues, he's a stud. Ole Miss needs one more. Joshua Harris, I didn't see enough of him. The transfer from NC State, they need one more. May Portal, there's another position. Linebacker, defensive tackle. And now to wrap this up, bring this home, some quick hitter stuff from Ole Miss spring football practice on Tuesday. Now former Ole Miss offensive lineman Nick Broker was at practice. Told me he's going to be in Oxford for the rest of his NFL draft prep. He'll do bench at Ole Miss Pro Day since he didn't do it at the NFL Combine. He's also um, going to snap because some teams want to see him at center. He has the build of an NFL center. Just a great dude. I hope he kills it. Jeremiah Jean Baptiste is built like a transformer. That's what I wrote down. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. Which means he's just shredded and... Like, he is a physical specimen. 
but apparently, according to Ben's notes, Jeremiah Jean Baptiste is, quote, built like a transformer. John Saunders, the transfer defensive back from Miami of Ohio, flashed some impressive ball skills, including an interception in position group. Uh, tight end Hudson Wolf, remember him? Yeah, he's still there. He's still on the roster. Was in a black jersey, meaning no contact, but that's not the note. The note is that he's actually out there and going through practice. He looks a step slow, which makes sense after he was injured, but the potential is pretty obvious if he can just get his juice back. And finally, Braylon Brown, the Ole Miss wide receiver who got into the portal, only to get out of it and go through spring, was the most impressive player physically to me at practice on Tuesday. I'm going to stop myself from reading my note. Braylon Brown looked incredible. Looked like a completely different player as a wide receiver build. He's got ball skills. And he's always had some, some real flashy potential. He showed that last spring. I'm not going to get too high, too low about Braylon Brown this spring. But physically, he looks like a different player. He looks like a next-level player. He looks better to me right now physically than Jonathan Mingo ever looked to me. Now, can you actually be an NFL wide receiver? Jordan Watkins is out with an injury. Who else is out with an injury? A lot of wide receivers are out. And Jalen Knox has gotten a little uh, momentum built up, doing some good things out there in spring football so far. But Braylon Brown, he's rotating in the slot. They're trying to get him involved. And if you were just trying to pick out, you knew nothing about this roster, and you lined up all the wide receivers right now and said, pick the studs of this group just based on physical appearance, he would jump out immediately. Braylon Brown needs to be good this year. And one note that I realized I didn't include in my notes that I just remembered, speaking of wide receivers, Chris Marshall battled one-on-one with Zamari Walton. Two transfers, Texas A&M, Chris Marshall, Georgia Tech was Zamari Walton. A seven-on-seven, one-on-one, quarterback throws it up. Two guys battle, try to bring the ball down. Zamari Walton absolutely covered Chris Marshall up. And Chris Marshall, he's got to be a stud too. Former five-star, number three overall wide receiver in last year's recruiting class. Transferred after a freshman year at Texas A&M, where he flashed, but had some off-the-field stuff and ended up leaving, comes to Ole Miss. He will be in that rotation. And Zamari Walton's going to be starting. And both of them went at each other. Zamari Walton whooped his butt off the line of scrimmage. I mean, just jammed the heck out of him. But Chris Marshall kept battling. Ball comes out. He makes a contested catch. Two guys, each of them did their jobs, and it still ended up being a completion. I just thought it was impressive, the competition of it, and seeing two guys we've read and talked so much about and will be such big parts of Ole Miss football, competing in that one rep and seeing how Zamari did all the right things. Still ended up with the worst result, which was a catch. But it also was encouraging because Chris Marshall, man, you got to be good. But Braylon Brown, I'm telling you, if you looked out there today and you looked at him, you go, who the hell is 88? Let's hope that this is the spring where the light comes on. Let's also hope this is the spring where Jackson Dart can establish himself even more potentially as QB1. He's getting pushed by Walker Howard, as I've not so delicately laid out in this edition of Talk of Champions, solo practice report edition of Talk of Champions. Let's hear from Jackson Dart after practice on Tuesday. Were you expecting coach to be as aggressive in the portal with, with quarterbacks as he was and what was your reaction kind of when when you learned that uh, Walker and Spencer would be joining the team um, well obviously I knew that we needed quarterbacks um, I was the only scholarship quarterback on staff so usually you would like to have three or four um, I just think how things just shook out just ended up being those two and um, but you know I was fully aware that you know we had to have some depth so um, I was aware that we were going to take two. Lance says you've, you've improved a lot. Where, where do you think you have improved the most? Um, I just think like my confidence 
in the system. Um, you know, I've talked to Coach Kiffin about this a lot, as well as Coach Weiss, and um, you know, you kind of look at you know how Matt was from year one to year two, and just like his comfortability in the system and how he was able to just operate things. Um, and for me, that's kind of you know what I'm striving for. I'm striving for to have like a big year like he did. And uh, so I think just my knowledge of the game, um, you know, kind of just being accustomed to this area. Um, and this will be year two for me, so just living here and, and really finding like my group and my crowd. Um, so I'm just really comfortable with where I'm at. So I think a lot of that has um, played a tribute to my performance. Jackson, I already have one, one off season and one quarterback battle kind of already underneath your belt. What did you kind of learn from that whole experience last year, just going into this off season, having you know the guys that they brought in behind you? Yeah, um, you know, I I feel like I've been in a quarterback competition like every year of my uh, college career, and um, you know, this year's a little different than last year. Um, but you know, I think that that how my experience was last year with competing with Luke, um, you know, it really pushed me and it propelled me to to this year. In your opinion, I mean, do you view this as a quarterback competition? Is that how you're looking at it going into the spring? Um, you know, to be honest, I see my I, I just see myself as the starter. Um, you know, I, I I had year one and I kind of established myself. Um, have year two and, and kind of just getting you know more bonds with the guys on the team, um, being a leader. Um, so I, I feel like I've taken ownership of that. And you know I'm just ready to do my job, and you know I'm loving where I'm at right now. So um, I just you know expect myself to have a great spring and keep performing the way that I'm performing. And uh, yeah, excited to help this team win. To the taking that next step and improving. When you when you look back, what do you kind of take from or learn with kind of how the last month of that season and then the bowl game just kind of went? What what's something you can take from that? Yeah, I think that how we ended was was disappointing. Um, you know, we started off so strong. Um, you know, I think that, I think honestly, we got a little comfortable and I think that we just kind of let off our foot off the gas a little bit. And I think that was a big eye opening for uh, myself and, and the guys on the team that, you know, you play in the SEC and you play the best competition week in and week out. There's never a time where you can take the foot off the gas. Um, every team has just as much talent or more talent than you. And they, every team has great coaches. So, um, you know, I just didn't think that we executed the way that we should have. Um, I know that all the guys on the team, including myself, are, were disappointed. And, you know, we really want to make a big leap. We feel like we have, like, the core of our team, a lot of it coming back this next year. And, uh, and we just, you know, we can't get, get, up, get back out and, uh, you know, start this year off the right way and, and finish it the right way. And kind of going off that, Jared Ivey was in here last week talking about, you know, basically asked the same question, saying that, you know, we put that behind us because that's behind us. But at the same time, do you use that as, you know, motivation? Where are you kind of on that spectrum as far as, you know, leaving all that that happened in the past with the way last year ended versus kind of using that to fuel this year? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's, there's things that you can just learn from the experiences of, of us not finishing the way that we should have. Um, but, you know, I, I would agree with Jared, of, you know, you just got to put that past us. Um, a lot of us are going to have a really big opportunity for us to have a, have a really good year. And, you know, personally, uh, each individual or a lot of guys on our team are going to have opportunities to make big names for, their, for their, themselves. And um, I think it really helps with our coaching staff on the offensive side coming back. Um, and then we got Coach Golding on the defensive side. I think all those are going to, you know, leap our performance. And, you know, we got a lot of good guys. So, um, you know, we're going to, we learn from it, but, you know, we put it behind us and we're ready to roll.
Jackson, how would you describe your relationship at this point with Walker and Spencer, and is it different in any way? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're both great guys, great competitors, um, and they love the game of football. Um, I think that, you know, for me, I'm still only 19 years old. Um, so, like, a guy like Spencer, he's been a, a huge earpiece for me of just being able to learn from his experiences, and he's played a lot of, a lot of ball. Um, and then Walker is, you know, the younger one of us. So, um, you know, kind of just teaching them, like, everything that we've experienced. And they're each super talented, so it's fun to get out there and compete. You talked about some returning pieces, and, and Jalen Knox is one of those players. He's, yeah. he's actually been here for a little bit longer than you. How, how would you see uh, – how have you seen his game grown from last offseason to, to now? Well, I think the biggest thing is just his health. Um, last year he was coming off of an injury, so he wasn't all the way, you know, all the way there with his body. So um, he got to have a huge uh, this off season to really get himself back in shape, um, you know, get his little individual work with, you know, his wide receiver techniques and stuff like that. So he's looked really good. Um, but I think the biggest thing for him is just health and then him just feeling confident in himself. It looks like you've got a, a fantastic tight end in Caden Priestcorn. Yeah. Just what, what, what have been your observations, experiences with him thus far? Yeah, he was a, a massive get for us. Um, I think that he's going to help tremendously in the run game and the pass game. Um, I think it's going to be super exciting when we're going to be able to play a lot in, in 12 personnel sets with him and Trig and kind of use Trig the way that he's um, more natural to. And uh, But he's, he was a tremendous pickup for us. Um, he's a really hard worker. And he was one of the top tight ends in the country last year. So I know that for him, you know, he wants to make this, you know, be his year. And, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, I could agree. I think everybody else on staff could agree that he was a, a huge addition for our team. I know it's four practices, a handful of them, but just what's your impressions of the, the Pete Golding defense and what you're seeing coming at you as, I guess, from last year with a whole different staff? Yeah, I mean, well, playing against him against Alabama, it was really tough. So, um, you know, he's, he's still introducing everything to the guys. Um, you know, he's very, very detailed. In, in every little thing. So I know that the guys, you know, when we have like our mills or things like that, you'll, they'll talk about how, you know, they got a lot of install today and um, how they're just learning a lot from him. So um, I think that they're gonna make some big jumps getting into the fall. I think that this spring will be a good learning experience for them of just getting the defense down. Um, and there's always a learning curve when you have a new coach. So, um, you know, he's gonna be great for us. And I think that, um, you know, our defense, you know, we got a lot of good pieces. And um, I think that with him coming in, his scheme and, uh, you know, how, how he is as a coach is going to be huge. Have you talked to him about that face mask back a few months ago? Yeah, he said my, he said my bad. <laughs> and uh, last one for me, Sat Saturday was first day of fulls for you guys. And towards the end, uh, got a little physical. And can you just talk about the defensive backs and what kind of transpired towards the end there? I just think that we're just competitive. You know, we all love each other. Um, it's funny because you kind of saw it between Aishim and Braylon, and you see them off the field, and they're always together. They're always, like, super close. So we just got a lot of competitive guys on the team, and um, a lot of times they'll be joking around or, or things like that. And then sometimes, uh, you know, each rep, they kind of have bragging rights over each other for the next however many days until the next rep. So um, they're just competitive. and. Every time the pads get brought out, I think there's a different kind of energy that comes with it. That was Jackson Dart, Ole Miss quarterback, competing with Spencer Sanders. And my man, as of this Tuesday, because I saw him in practice, Walker Howard. Don't sleep on him.
I still think it's going to be one of Jackson Dar Spencer Sanders. But I could not be a bigger hype man for Walker Howard than I am today after watching him throw. That was exciting. In any other year, in any other quarterback battle, clear front runner. Somebody I heard today is uh, one of the analysts that was just talking to a player. They're watching the drill like we all, all were. And he goes, man, he looks like a Manning. <laughs> and I wouldn't be like, yeah, kind of. I can see it. All you people out there sweating Arch Manning. Walker Howard is more valuable for Ole Miss this year in 2023 and for winning in the future than Arch Manning. That is a hot take and the perfect way to end this because I've talked my head off probably to your ears detriment. But this has been another audio book practice report edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett. We'll be back later this week. Me and David, me and Zach. Got some interviews coming up too. So stay tuned and check out the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com and Food of On 3. Until then. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.